Hey, I'm Caleb, and this is the podcast named Unbelievable, a conversation with... Glenn Scrivener. I am Emma's husband. I'm Ruby and JJ's dad. I'm an Australian who lives in the UK. I've lived here for half my life, probably more than half my life now, which is why I sound like a pom to all the Australians. I sound like a convict to all the English. It's the worst of all worlds. And um, I'm an ordained minister in the Church of England, but really my day job involves a lot of kind of YouTubing and um, podcasting and uh, a lot of media stuff really because I love just uh, explaining who Jesus is uh, to people who perhaps have, have never really heard of him or really encountered his claims before so that's that's me. So you mentioned you're originally from Australia you came across the UK you've done stuff there whatnot um, so how does that happen what what's kind of happened to take you from there originally to here now you're doing your job as you are you know What's your story then to get there? So I was 14 years old and my, my dad got a job in South Wales, um, in Newport. And with weeks notice, um, we upended our lives really. And my two sisters are much older than me, so they'd already left home but uh, we decided to switch hemispheres. It was only gonna be for nine months to begin with. So we just thought, ah, oh, that's, a, that's a fun adventure. And so age 14, I started living in, in South Wales and um, I did uh, the rest of my GCSEs and A-levels there in South Wales. And then um, I went to Oxford and then I went to back to Australia aged 21. And I, because at age 21, I was trying to figure out, am I Australian? Am I English? Where do I want to go with life? And in fact, 21 was, was a very much a crossroads age for me. And uh, we can, we can talk about sort of spiritually how it was a crossroads age for me, but yeah, then I went back to Australia and, but there's a girl, there's always a girl in these stories aren't there. <laughs> and um, so Emma and yeah, so then I, um, we, I didn't have the courage to um to declare undying love for her when we were in the same hemisphere <laughs> coward that i am i declared undying love from the safe distance of 12,000 miles away and um we sort of we kind of got together online really having having been friends for a few years at uni and then we sort of then we kind of got together when we were um miles apart and then i came back into the uk and then i went back then i got deported back to australia and then i came back into the uk married Emma um, yeah been working in churches for the last almost 20 years now actually and um, yeah and we found ourselves on the south coast of England um, together married two kids working for this ministry called Speak Life. What a story I, I'd have so many questions about the kind of being deported how that happened really. I'm interested you you brought up Speak Life um, so you you spend your day job as you said making videos and doing a lot of YouTube, doing a lot of podcasting, that kind of stuff. So what, what is it that you're talking about then? What is it that you have so much to say then in these podcasts, mm. in these videos? 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I love Jesus. So like age 21, the, the, the big spiritual crossroads was um, I'd grown up in the church, but then I went away to university to, to leave it all behind and to fly and to discover my true identity and that sort of thing. And by the end of university, a, a lot of my goals um, had been frustrated. And I was kind of flat on my back in depression, really. And um, and a friend of mine started inviting me to church and I grudgingly accepted his invitation. He, he probably invited me for like three years and I eventually, my third year, um, you know, towards finals, when exams were on the horizon, I thought, well, I better get God on my side then. <laughs> so, I, um, uh, so I went to church and, and I remember going every Sunday evening and listening to this preacher and I hated the preacher and because he thought he was so cool using all these, you know, contemporary examples from EastEnders and things like he knew anything, idiot. And <laughs> but I'd go back the next Sunday and I'd hate him some more and I'd go back the next, which is hilarious now because I'm a preacher now and now I can spot the 20 year old at the back with his arms folded. <laughs> and I'm like, you just, you just wait, buddy. Um, but something was working on me because my friend was also inviting me to read through the gospels, you know, the biographies of Jesus together. And we read through Luke's gospel, the third gospel account of Jesus. And that was really working on me um, far more than the, than the preacher was because I was just encountering Jesus himself. And Jesus is just spectacular. Jesus just has this towering personality and this stooping love. And he was just walking off the pages of the, of the Bible and into my life. And I was thinking, he is, he is amazing. And I just remember that, that real sense of thinking, if God is like him, I'm in. Mm. That was, that was the transformative thing. And I've been, I've been talking about it ever since. And this is, this is what speak life is all about. This is what my videos are all about. This is, this is, um, what my life is all about. If God is like Jesus, I'm in. Because up until that time, I'd thought of God as a power far away, a distant individual, you know, very low on personality, probably with a thunderbolt ready to hurl, Thor, basically. And I, I kind of believed in that kind of God. And it did nothing for me, absolutely nothing. And of course, I wanted to run away from that God and find freedom and life and vitality. Of course, because like, who wants to spend any time with that guy? And then I was encountering in Jesus a totally different kind of God, the kind of God who would stoop and serve and suffer and bleed and die for me. And I thought, oh, right. If you are Lord, I jump in with both feet. And so, yeah, aged about 21, uh, I, ju I just remember saying, well, whatever else or whoever else God is, you know, I, I just love Lord Byron. Lord Byron, the poet, once said, if God is not like Jesus Christ, he ought to be. And my conversion really was coming to see that God is entirely and utterly exactly like Jesus. That's what it means to say that Jesus is the son of God. He's the word of God. He's, he's the image of God. The Bible uses all these phrases. It says he's the exact representation of God. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus and in particular, the Jesus with his arms wide open bleeding for his enemies, praying, Father, forgive. That's that's the deepest, most profound vision of who God is for the Christian. And it absolutely captured me. And I've been shooting my mouth off about it ever since. 
I, I know I have, I'm sure many others will have seen a lot of your videos. You put out lots of them. You do a podcast weekly on Speak Life on YouTube and whatnot. So in, in that sense, I'm just interested to kind of know, how do you how do you go then from being someone who's really passionate about it to then spending literally your day job, everything you're doing most of the time, making videos, doing conferences and speaking uh, uh, events and all this kind of stuff. Where does that come from then? Mm, I know it's a lot of fun and I'm really blessed to be able to do that. Um, you know, I 20 years ago, I got a job in a central London church and literally my job was to, to hoover the floors, to clean the loos. I cleaned a thousand loos in, in, in the year. And I was listening constantly to like the the sermons from the churches um, while I was hoovering and, you know, polishing the brass and cleaning the windows and um, all, all sorts of dog's body type jobs. I love that. That's that. That's probably been my favorite, my favorite job ever. Um, and, and I was spending time around um, other Christians who were so fascinated by Jesus and inspired by Jesus and wanting to model what Jesus is like. And they, they absolutely inspired me. And so I, I went from that church to another church and then eventually went to uh, Bible college, vicar factory. So, you know, they, they put you on a conveyor belt and mold you into a, into a vicar prepackage you and then send you out into a, into a church somewhere. And um, I came to Eastbourne. I'd never really heard of Eastbourne before um, uh, coming with my wife. Uh, this is back in 2007. And uh, in the Anglican church, you are um, a curate, which is sort of the, the, the vicar's assistant, the trainee minister, pastor. And that was my that was my job for sort of four years, and uh, yeah, loved doing that. And then there was a job that came up um, with a charity, which would free me up to be able to go around the place and do student missions and and speak um, all over the country and to and to engage the the media side of things. And so I I started work for um, what became Speak Life. We rebranded re a few years ago, but I started work for this charity ten years ago, and um, yeah, have been. Just like I, I don't, I'm not a great strategist. I just sort of just shoot my mouth off and see what happens. Um, but God's been building something really cool, and we've got a great team, and uh, it's just a real blessing. No, it, it is really cool. Um, as I said, I was watching one of your videos uh, just last week, um, a podcast where you're kind of addressing some of the big issues of the time, really. And I, I guess, in one sense, when you're addressing a lot of the big issues of the time, you end up answering a lot of big questions. You end up almost talking about some of these big issues in ways that lots of people, if they weren't Christians, um, would think, you know, you're deluded. How can you possibly believe that half of this stuff happens? How can you possibly mm. believe that this magical God that floats in the sky and everything is suddenly <laughs> here and, and, and then appears in the form of a guy who then dies and apparently rises again? And what would you say to people who are just saying, this guy's deluded? <laughs> Yeah. Well, again, I would I would totally sympathize with you if if you thought it is unbelievable to think of about this floaty supernatural being who lives somewhere beyond Jupiter, um, who magically directs things. And and um, yeah, that, that is unbelievable. And, and that that is kind of what what I thought Christianity was for so many years. And so what I would just do is, is constantly to redirect you to Jesus and just to ask you the question, whatever you think about God, maybe you do believe in God, which God do you believe in? Is he Thor? 
is he you know is he osiris is he you know is he one of the aztec gods is he like which which god do you believe in? but if you don't believe in god i'd ask you the same question which god don't you believe in and we would probably find that we have a lot of common ground on all the gods that you don't believe in and uh, and i think most of the time when i ask people you know which god don't you believe in they end up describing a god that i don't believe in either mm. And then I then I just want to say, well, what about Jesus? Because here is this laughing, shouting, crying, wailing, bleeding human sacrifice who stood up for victims and became the victim for all victims, who was crucified in shame. And yet somehow um, we we've got the idea that that kind of self-sacrifice is glorious. We've got the idea that somehow um, the weak should be protected somehow the last should be first and the first should be last and all all these all these things we take for granted in the west today jesus is responsible for all of them absolutely all of them and i'll often say this to people you know like your reasons for not being a christian are very christian Whatever problems you have with Christianity, they've been given to you by Christianity. Whatever problems you have with the Bible, they're probably biblical reasons not to like that aspect of the Bible. Um, I think we totally underplay the degree to which Jesus Christ and his revolution has shaped everything about us, whether we've ever stepped foot inside a church or not. Um, take any issue that you might have with Christianity and Christians, we've got the most amount of baggage and problems with Christianity because we're on the inside and we know, we know more about this kind of stuff. And, and like, everybody's got a problem with Christianity and, and everybody thinks something about Christianity is nuts, but I guarantee press into that thing and the foundations for you believing that that thing is nuts. Look at your feet, look at what you're standing on. You're standing on these beliefs in that human rights have dignity and rights and equality, right? You, you, you believe that victims should be prized, that the marginalized should be lifted up and not eliminated. You, you believe things about power and money and sex that have been totally given to you by Christianity. Like the, the idea that human beings have autonomy over their own bodies, that there's an equality between the sexes and that for instance, the reason why sexual abuse is such a violation and the Me Too movement is a totally godly thing. The reason why is because actually our bodies are temples and desecrating a temple does not just feel like you've grazed the, uh, your knee in a playground. It, it feels like holy space has been violated. And, and sex is a holy fire that when it goes right, it's glorious. And when it goes wrong, it's catastrophic. And you probably believe all sorts of things about how we should use money, how we should use sex, how we should use power, how we should treat people, um, the goodness of mercy, the goodness of forgiveness, um, the, the goodness of the scientific method, the goodness of education and hospitals and hospices, all these things that Christianity has given to the world that we utterly take for granted. So is does Christianity take you off to the lunatic fringe? No. The molten hot core of the world that you live in is the Jesus revolution. And you need to take a second look at Jesus because actually him and, and the revolution that he has spawned, that's the water you swim in. 
And sometimes fish, they, they don't know what water is. They don't know what being wet is because it's just all around them. And I just encourage you if, you, if you if you think that Christianity is this weird alien thing, I don't think you've you've taken a proper look at Jesus and at his revolution because I think Jesus has shaped you more than any other figure in human history. And that is true whether you've ever opened up a Bible or not, whether you've ever stepped foot in, inside a church or not. So I, I, I just love that the Christian Union is is putting on this week where you can think about these things because i think not only will it help you to understand christianity i think it'll help you to understand yourself so th there's an incentive for having a look into these things it shows it really is unbelievable so our events week is titled unbelievable and well there it is i feel like bringing it back to kind of back to today bringing it back to what's happening right now we almost can't have a conversation without mentioning COVID. So how are you finding it at the moment? What what would you say is your experience with all of this, you know, all of faith and everything, what impact has it had on your experience of COVID? I got out of the car the other day and this, this other woman who I've never met before, she was getting out of her car at exactly the same time. And her opening line to me, a perfect stranger, her opening line to me was, gosh, it really makes you wonder, you know, what, what is important in life, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it really does. Um, and, and it kind of like all small talk was just totally out the window. She was, she was just like, what is life all about? <laughs> that was her opening gambit in a conversation with a perfect stranger. What a way to start. I know, but that's, that's what crises do. Um, crises burn away the chaff so that you're, you're dealing with the kernel of the issue. And, and, and I'm, I'm noticing so many more people, uh, they, they want to know how to deal with my fragility, how to deal with my mortality. Um, people want to know, like, how do you live well through suffering? People, people want to know how to pray. I mean, like, like the Google search term, you know, how to pray uh, just absolutely has skyrocketed in the last 12 months. Pe people are recognizing that when things are really difficult on the horizontal, you need a verticality. You, you, you need, you need something to anchor you. You need something beyond, beyond this life. Um, and, and beyond, like if, if your life is relying on things that can be stripped away in a heartbeat, then you're, you're standing on sinking sand. And I'm, I'm finding people are very, very open to hearing about if, if there is solid rock anywhere. And so the big story that Jesus tells about that is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon he gives, he says, okay, you've got two houses. One house is built on sand, one house is built on the rock. And then he says, when the storm hits, the house on sand crumbles. When the storm hits, the house on the rock stands firm. Such a simple story. But that, that word, when, is very confronting to us because we, we think, you know, if I'm clever and if I'm knowledgeable and if I'm powerful and if I'm good, I can avoid the storm. I can dodge the bullets and I can make life go well for me. And Jesus is like, no. No, when, when the storm hits. Um, and if it's not COVID, it's going to be something else. And we're, we're just waking up to the when of the fact that suffering hits. It always hits. 
But what is it that we're founding our lives on that can survive storms like this? And so I'm, I'm finding that people are very up for talking about Jesus because the Bible presents him as the, the, the rock, the foundation on which you can build your life. So I, you know, the, the, there's a tragedy to COVID and, and there's, um, there's real difficulties to it. But some of the silver linings are that people are, are waking up to the fact that this is an uncertain world storms always hit and we need to be ready thanks for being willing to have a conversation on this um we're going to hear more from you later on this week actually so i i just encourage anyone who's listening or watching whatnot come along to our events this week they're going to be broadcast live on our social media it's going to be really worth coming to and hearing some more about this and on the friday of events week, we're going to have the chance to ask some questions so if you have any questions if you're wondering if you're trying to work out whether this christianity thing is for you do make sure you come along to the friday and also just get in contact with us we'd love to have a conversation with you so hopefully we'll see you soon on the friday Maybe if you message us, 